0: Welcome back to the Scarlet Fever, the Daily Nebraskan's own sports podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Meyer. Alongside with me, as always, is my co-host, Anthony Rubeck. Anthony, how are you doing today?
1: Doing good. I'm excited to get the show back on the road.
0: Absolutely. New podcast studio. We are ready to go. It's been a while here, but we're back and better than ever. It's Wisconsin week, Anthony. And boy, am I excited. We are making the trip up to Madison. Just the... Small eight-hour drive over to Camp Randall, both of our first times at Camp Randall, my fourth Big Ten uh, stadium of my time here at Nebraska, but we are very excited. Anthony, what are you looking forward to most about this weekend?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm just really excited for the atmosphere. I've never been to a Husker game that has been outside of Memorial Mm -hmm. Stadium, so really looking forward to that. Really excited to see Jump Around, Oh yeah, all that, (laughs) primetime game, just have a lot. Lot to look forward to. Absolutely.
0: I mean, it, Wisconsin has definitely fallen flat this year, to say the least. One of the worst teams that they've had in a long time. Injuries have been a big deal. But no less, it's a night game. NBC, last chance to jump around on senior night. And bowl eligibility on the line. It's going to be a great atmosphere. We're going to be up in the press box having all your coverage over on our socials and at, for the Daily Nebraskan. But first, let's dive into the best thing we saw this week. And then in a bit, we'll get into that matchup and what we've seen from Nebraska basketball so far this year. 4-0 and for the first time under Fred Hoybury first time in our college careers. Best thing you saw this week, Anthony, hit me.
1: Uh, yeah, best thing I saw this week goes back to the Nebraska soccer team. Obviously, they're having an incredible season, and it's gotten even better with them hosting the second and third round mm-hmm. matchups now in the NCAA tournament. They got some help from Tennessee this past weekend as they beat number four Xavier in two overtimes. So now it's the number five Nebraska hosting Tennessee in Lincoln. And number eight Gonzaga yeah. faces UC Irvine in a game earlier that day. The winners of those two games will face on Sunday. It's going to be a great atmosphere. I'm going to try to make it to that game. Hibner Stadium is going to be wild on Friday night.
0: Absolutely. I saw. You kind of, you, well, you took mine, so <laughs> we'll give you the benefit of the doubt there. But, yeah, I went you last Friday to the game. Free tickets for students. I don't know if that's going to be the same this time. Just got to show your NUID. But it was a fun atmosphere. Couldn't get a seat because it was sold out and then some. Some 2,000 fans in attendance. You got to think they – the traffic it, it – was, it was surreal. The traffic was so bad that <laughs> I don't think they were ready for it, right? The cops, like – Didn't know what they were doing. There was no rhyme or reason to the plan. The fans were just flooding the stadium. It was like literally Nebraska fandom at its finest. That stadium doesn't see very many people often, right? And this game, people just showed out, and I'm assuming that'll be the same way this weekend. It was a fun night. Last weekend, there was a wrestling match at Devaney at the same time. This weekend, it's volleyball at the same exact time. So it is going to be a wild Friday night. Uh, over there by Hibner and Devaney. But, yeah, that game was electric. A comeback win over South Dakota State. Sadie White and Sarah Weber both had two goals. It was an electric atmosphere. The chance we're going to, if, if It gave you a little bit of that European feel. It was exciting, and, and I'm excited for this weekend. Some, some dirty work done by some other teams. This is a very winnable region for Nebraska soccer to get to the quarterfinals. And then once you get there, you never know what you can do moving forward but I wouldn't be surprised at all if they are able to in front of hometown fans win the next two and move on exciting stuff it kind of brings you back to another thing I wanted to talk to you about is this extension for Trev Alberts right a lot of times people look at the success of the football and the basketball teams because those are two of the most you know popular sports nationwide but the interesting thing about Nebraska is it doesn't matter what sport it is, people are going to show up if that team is finding success. And overall, outside of football and men's basketball, this university has done an incredible job of supplying its athletes and its coaches with the resources to succeed at all levels. And we're seeing that this year. Uh, you know, wrestling is once again one of the best programs in the country. Soccer is making a run. Volleyball is the best team in the country. Women's basketball just pulled one of the best recruits in the country. Not to mention, Nebraska has a chance to get back to a bowl game for the first time since 2016. And Nebraska men's basketball started 4-0 for the first time under Fred Hoiberg. So it, it is an exciting time to be in Lincoln. Let's dive into this Wisconsin matchup though, Anthony, because we are going, we are seeing it in person. I am absolutely thrilled. There is just something about traveling on the road to see Uh, the team that you're covering that's just different. I got to do it with Minnesota and uh, Iowa previously. It's a fun time. But most of all, this is an opportunity for Nebraska to do the unthinkable win in Madison for the first time since 1966. That is incredible that this is even being discussed because in previous years, this is an automatic loss. We've seen some painful ones for Nebraska fans in recent memory. Do you think Nebraska is going to be able to pull this off, or do they have a chance to get to 6-6 six and six in front of a Madison crowd, no less? That would just be a picturesque moment.
1: Yeah, I think they do have a chance. I mean, obviously their offense has left a lot to be desired from throughout the, all, throughout the whole season, but so has Wisconsin. So right. has pretty much every other team in the Big Ten West, every other team on Nebraska's schedule. They all are kind of the same. And I see Saturday as another great opportunity for them to get that sixth win, and then also just get the monkey off their back. Yeah. I mean, they haven't beat Wisconsin since 2012. twelve. They're this is a trophy game. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> the players, some of the players, didn't even know that. They're asking them at the press conference the other day it's if the, they can what, what's name the, the Freedom Trophy. trophy? Is that yep, what it the is? The Freedom
0: Trophy. What a lame name, by the way.
1: Yeah. Cool looking trophy, though. Cool
0: looking trophy. The the Nebraska trophies are not. I think the Bus and Bowl trophy is the coolest one. What's mm-hmm. the Iowa one called? I don't the know. Heroes. The Heroes. Game That's Heroes so trophy. lame. Yeah. That's so lame. Come on. Let's get some pun- Paul Bunyan, the axe. Those are those are what we want. But yeah, absolutely. Um, you you gotta think about the history of this program. And I know you were at the press conference on Tuesday, players kind of talking about hanging up stuff in the locker room. I know Matt Rule today said, I didn't do that. That's who knows who did that? I don't know if it was a player or a coach. But do you think that message is on their mind of, hey, we can't do this without kind of acknowledging the history? Because you come into this matchup, these players haven't done this before. They don't have any experience, barely any experience winning on the road, barely any experience beating rivalry teams, and no experience beating Wisconsin, either in Lincoln or Madison.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's definitely bulletin board material. I mean, mean, whether rule likes it or not (laughs) the players definitely they know it like they haven't been living under a rock they've seen these games in the past obviously last year's game looked like Nebraska had it only for Wisconsin to score I think 14 points in the fourth quarter comeback and they've had these close games in the past with Wisconsin that they've just always been on the losing end of it's just they they want to right this ship they want to finally beat Wisconsin, and also just with the added stakes of a bowl game, again, something that is definitely on their minds, whether Rule likes it or not. They're just going to have to step up to that challenge.
0: You're going to have to clinch this weekend. In my mind, you can't get into a situation where you were in a must-win game against Iowa because those can go either way. We saw it go Nebraska's way last year, and credit to them, but they had an NFL wide receiver and a quarterback who knew how to throw the ball. <laughs> and last year we saw some of that. You know, we don't – Casey Thompson, Trey Palmer – Don't care about Iowa. They're not Nebraska guys, but they bought into the program. They cared about that matchup. They said, let's go win this for the state. I think a lot of these players in this matchup, especially the guys that are new around here, we've seen a, right? I mean, look at the offense. These guys have never played in this matchup. These guys have never had the chance to go out there and play against the Badgers, but they've been around the program enough. They understand the culture enough. They understand what it's going to take to win this game. It's going to come down to execution because I think they have the pieces to do it. This team has the pieces to beat pretty much anyone in the Big Ten in my eyes, other than the Big Three. We saw it last week against Maryland. Maryland's a more talented team offensively. Didn't matter. They, looked, they, they did not look great at all. Nebraska looked worse. We saw it against Colorado in the first half. Very talented offense. Didn't really matter. Defense got burnt out. We saw it against Minnesota. Another team that Nebraska rarely beats. Didn't matter. They were the better team on that day. But it comes down to execution. Because this team can win this game. And I think they should expect to win this game. The matter of fact is, they turned the ball over three, four times. Three, four, five times. Six times. Who knows? They're not going to. in my time here... Uh, I have watched the 2021 game against Wisconsin. That was I can't remember the final score. But I think 38-31, a shootout where Braylon Allen, who was going to play again this week, went off. And when I say went off, he had a moment of like, yeah, this guy's getting, this guy's going to be an NFL uh, NFL running back. This guy's getting drafted in the first round. He had that kind of night against Nebraska. Then you come back last year, completely opposite game, ugly. Hard to watch, zero offense, slugfest, cold. Fans don't even want to be in the stadium because their eyes hurt, their skin hurts from the cold, and they're in so much pain from watching a losing Nebraska team. Very different seasons, very different results, but Wisconsin won both of them. What's your biggest key to this matchup for Nebraska to avoid that same fate this time around?
1: Yeah, I mean, this has been the key for them season especially in these last couple games and they've just failed to accomplish this goal and that is just not turning the ball over I mean the throughout the season obviously fumbles were the big issue with Nebraska in the early part of the season since then the running backs have really picked it up mm-hmm. Emmett Johnson hasn't f- fumbled since the Illinois game Anthony Grant's gone games without fumbling it's all coming from the quarterback now obviously last week against Maryland Three quarterbacks play, all three of them through interceptions. Jeff Sims added a fumble there, (laughs) setting Maryland up with great field position. So, I mean, it's clearly – it's the definition of easier said than done because we've been saying it all year. Turnovers limit those. Just don't give the ball to the other team. Obviously, Nebraska has struggled with that immensely so far. And I can see a case Saturday being, hey, if they fumble the ball once – throw one pick, the defense could maybe stand tall from that. But if they have another performance like they have these last couple weeks, I don't think there's going to be a single shot for them to pull out this win.
0: We saw a team turn the ball over five times, three different quarterbacks, complete ineptitude on the offense, questionable play calling, and they lost by three on a game-winning field goal. Same goes for the Minnesota game. Lost by three, game-winning field goal. Michigan State, lost by three. Not a game-winning field goal, but a very close one. This team, we I mean, how many times have we said this in the past? This team is nine points away. Nine <laughs> points away from being, what would it be, eight and two right now? Same record as Iowa. <laughs> Front runners in the Big Ten West. Incredible stuff. Because the, like you said, the running backs have picked up their slack. There were some times earlier in the season, Anthony Grant lost some balls. He got benched for it. He's not even the number one guy anymore, but he hasn't had a fumble in a while. Emma Johnson has impressed me tenfold. That kid is a stud. He runs with such vision. Anthony Grant is a great back, but he's a little too patient, right? He sits, he tries to be a little Le'Veon Bell-esque hesitate in the backfield and try to find a hole. Anthony Grant sees that hole before he even gets the ball. He was averaging five yards a carry against Maryland. Why not hand the ball off to him more? I don't don't understand this whole, this was the frustration this week of like this running game down to their fourth string is still elite and we're not handing the ball off. Hand it off to Emmett Johnson 40 times, and I think you win this game. Will Marcus Satterfield do that? I have my—I I would say no. And I get you don't have the pieces, and I get you haven't had an offseason to build your program, and I get Rule wants to have confidence in his guy. It's year one. He said it on Monday. It's ridiculous to think that you'd fire him, and I, I agree. You're not going to fire your guy after year one. Give it some time to grow. But getting to a bowl game would do wonders for this program— And I don't care how you do it because at the end of the day on the recruiting trail, it's not going to be like, yeah, but you beat Wisconsin 10 to 7. You ran the ball 45 times. You had 18 yards passing. It was ugly. No, no one's going to say that. They're going to say, Coach Rule, you turned. Coach Rule can say to a recruit, look, look at this Nebraska team who hadn't been a bowl game. In how long before I got there? Year one, I did it. With injuries all over the offense. With brand new coordinators on both sides. With a quarterback who didn't know how to throw the ball. Hey, you're that next quarterback. You want to play with a good defense? You come to Lincoln. And you'll make a bowl game without throwing the ball. And that's the, me- that's the message I think that he needs to be able to do. You can't really say that if you win five games. Now there's a sneaky way. I, I want to get your opinion on this. There's a sneaky way where Nebraska makes a bowl game with five and seven. I saw some stat where there's only like 54 bowl eligible teams currently, and you need like 86. If if Nebraska makes a bowl game with five and seven, that would just feel that'd feel wrong, right?
1: It, it's funny because that happened a while right. back. Mike Riley's first year. Yes. A five and seven Nebraska team made a bowl game. Not only that, they won. They did win. They beat like. Probably like a seven or eight win UCLA yeah. team, last bowl win Nebraska's had, so it'd be <laughs> kind of fitting. But yeah, I mean, don't leave it up to no. fate's hands. Just go out there on Saturday, play hard football, give Emmett Johnson his touches, win win a ga- win the game. You've been doing it all year. Just focus on winning. Don't let the outside factor in. Get those get the six wins, make the bowl game the r- real way. You hand
0: the ball off probably. Six or seven more times against Maryland, you win that game. That's a great win. Maryland is a good program that has been slowly building under Mike Loxley. You had it in your hands. You had the third and goal. Run the ball. And I understand you try to get a little too tricky. And I understand that might work with a better quarterback and better wide receivers. You don't have that right now. You don't have the weapons. So don't pretend like you do. And that would be my message to Marcus Satterfield. I, I haven't done enough research into him to really know if this is on him completely. But sometimes you got to say, hey, we had first and goal. We threw the ball twice with a team that should be running the ball 60% of the time. Stick to what you're good at. Madison, they're going to do it if they can. They're going to run the ball with Braylon Al if he's healthy. And I don't know if Nebraska going to be able to stop him enough because we've certainly seen A lot of these guys struggled to stop him before. And if they turn the ball over within the 10, you're not getting those same stuffs like they did against Maryland, some questionable fumbles and strips. The biggest thing to me is, again, it's a five-win team. It's a team that's on a long losing streak. It's a team that's looking for bowl eligibility. It's a team Nebraska should beat. They're actually not favored in this one. They weren't favored last week either. But it's a team they should beat. I almost think if if it'd be easier to win against a team that's more confident in themselves. Because last two weeks, you look, Michigan State, nothing's going right in East Lansing. Nothing. They can't even get the basketball team right this year. (laughs) Losing to JMU. You know, they got questionable just leadership in all standpoints. You go to Maryland, lost four in a row. Doesn't matter, loss. So I think they need to avoid that this week against Wisconsin. Let's talk about the health. How important is a healthy Braylon Allen, a healthy Tanner Mordecai to this Wisconsin offense? Because I think it's paramount.
1: Oh, yeah. It's extremely important. Obviously, throughout the majority of their losing streak, they've been without Mordecai or without Allen. Or when they had him, Allen only only had three carries last week. So if they are healthy, it's going to be a big challenge for the Blackshirt defense. Definitely... Obviously, Nebraska's run game has been phenomenal this year, but Braylon Allen is the biggest challenge they'll face. I could probably relate it to Blake Corum, who he still had seventy-four yards in that blowout game. And probably didn't get as much carries. Michigan's offensive line it's overpowering towards them, yeah. so this is definitely their biggest challenge. That it's up to them getting Braylon Allen down, tackling him, keeping his gains to a minimum. Obviously. Obviously, with how the offense is playing, you know, one big run from him, like that's what's really been happening these last games. Last game against Maryland, they really had two big plays
0: mm-hmm.
1: on back to back, one receiver both times. Yeah, and that proved to be a difference. One big Br- Braylon Allen run or one big Wisconsin pass could prove to be the difference in this game. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to have to step up and just keep playing at an even higher level than they are right now.
0: It's hard to imagine a world where Nebraska scores two touchdowns. That is, It's really sad to say, but it's the truth. I They had two good drives against Maryland. One ended it in a touchdown, one ended it in a pick in the end zone. It's hard to imagine they'll get more than that against Maryland, uh, against Wisconsin. So then it comes down to, are you going to throw that pick in the end zone? Are you going to fumble it on the 10-yard line? Those kind of things where... To most fans, that would be a surprise. Not to Nebraska fans. If Wisconsin goes out there, wins 10-7, to Nebraska turns the ball over four times, are any of us going to be surprised? No. Now, ideally, Matt Rule has kind of changed that culture. It certainly looked like that when they were 5-3. and three. Last two weeks, kind of reversing back to what we've seen in previous years. This I can't express how big of a game this is, and it starts 100% with the run game. Wisconsin's offense is built to pound the rock, and then when you're least expecting it, air the ball out. And Tanner Mordecai is a solid quarterback. He's got some weapons. Will Pauling is an incredible wide receiver. He's getting The wide receiver room is getting healthy. He will take advantage of you if you let him. But last week, he threw the ball 45 times. That's not a recipe to win in the Big Ten West unless I am watching the wrong Big Ten West. <laughs> So stopping Braylon Allen or whoever the running back is is absolutely key. If he's not able to go, that gives Nebraska a leg up here. Because Ches Malusi's out for the year. He's a guy that really hurt them last year. So now you're down to your third and fourth string. And they've not found as much success on those guys as Nebraska has so far this season. So Braylon Allen is priority number one. And you cannot get drawn in on those on those big big plays that we've seen the last couple weeks. That's really been the defense's only downfall. Letting a guy get loose in the middle against Michigan State, getting burnt on the outside. Now, I don't think Wisconsin's necessarily going to be able to do anything close to what Maryland does in terms of passing the ball, but they have a much better run attack, and they have the advantage of it's a Big Ten West game and it's a slugfest, and they have the home crowd, and it's a night game, like the things we've already discussed. Do you you think Wisconsin's going to be able to score on this defense?
1: I think that they'll be able to score. I don't know if they'll be able to score a lot, Mm -hmm. but just based on how the offense is doing it, I think they could score enough to win, and that could legit be 14 points, Mm -hmm. two touchdowns, maybe even like Hal Maryland, a touchdown and two field goals. I think, again, you, you mentioned it earlier, you don't see Nebraska's offense scoring more than a touchdown, and I agree with that. I can easily see two touchdowns being insurmountable for an uh, offense led by either an injured or banged-up Heinrich Harburg, Chubba Purdy, who has literally only played one drive this season now and ended in a pick, and Jeff Sims, who— has had just a whole low light reel of plays in the limited amount of t- snaps he's played. So I saw some
0: I, insane, st- I can't remember what the stat was, but it was something like he turns the ball over like 12% of his snaps, which is incredible.
1: It was funny. Uh, at the Atlanta journalism convention I went to, I was talking to a sports journalist for Georgia Tech and I was telling him about <laughs> Jeff Sims and I was telling him, I, it was right after the Purdue game. I told him about his fumble there and he's like, yeah, we, we were used to that play. Yeah.
0: It's it, it is interesting how if you ask Georgia, Georgia, Georgia Tech fans, and South Carolina fans, the combination of Jeff Sims and Marcus Satterfield probably was never going to work out, and I don't really know if we expected it to work out, but Spring Ball look, he looked good, he looked big, strong arm, decision making not great. I am concerned. I I I'm completely agreeing with you there. I think Nebraska's defense is going to do what they've done all year, hold this team under 20 points. I'd be I'd be shocked if Wisconsin scores them more than 20 points. But but Wisconsin's defense is also pretty pretty darn good, and they have held they held they held Ohio State to 24 points. Iowa had 15 against them. Iowa's a very similarly constructed, dare I say, better offense at this point after what we saw them do to Rutgers last week than Nebraska. Ricardo Hallman, cornerback, has five interceptions on the year. If that doesn't scream a lofted pass by Hauerberg or a strange decision by Sims or a Purdy rookie mistake, I don't know what does. And if one of those things doesn't happen, I think Nebraska can win the game. I wouldn't be surprised if Hallman has one or two picks. To be completely honest, I don't know if they will. Another another guy, safety Hunter Woller. He just jumps off the tape. He's all over the place. He had the quote of the week this week. After the Northwestern game, he was fired up. He said, there might be some weeding out that we need to do. That's for sure. They have been horrible this year. Losing, you, the difference in these 5-5 five and five records is very, very clear. In Madison, they do not lose to Northwestern and Indiana. That doesn't happen. In Lincoln, it's like, well, we haven't seen us play at that level in two decades, so not surprising. So a win over Northwestern, win over Purdue. Teams that Nebraska should be walking all over feel good. In Wisconsin, they're checked out. They are—some people are already out on the Luke—I was looking on some Wisconsin messaging boards this week. Already out on Luke Fickle. Wow. What was your—I mean, when Nebraska hired Matt Rule, I was kind of always on the Luke Fickle train. I really liked him at Cincinnati. I thought he'd be a pretty good fit here. What's your analysis of of the kind of the difference between the two coaching hires?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, obviously just I liked Fickle, too, going into the coaching search. Obviously, it's really just pretty much just how expectations have been. Mm -hmm. Because with Nebraska, it's just been down in the dumps for so long. And with Matt Rule, it's more just like, can he do it? And when it comes to Luke Fickle in Wisconsin with how good they've been in the past, it's like, can he carry on what we're doing? Or he will carry on what we're doing. There is just more certainty in that statement. I know Wisconsin was a lot of early favorites to win the Big Ten West. And obviously, it's really kind of spout out of control. Again, injuries have to do with it. And I mean, I just think it's his first year. It's hard to. Yeah. It's hard to do, both both of these coaches, it's hard to do what they have with what they have, obviously. So, yeah, I feel like it's really just all comes from the mindset of just the fans of each team and
0: what they expected. I, I never bought that Big Ten West hype. I was sticking with my Iowa. I mean, Iowa is an anomaly, but they are an anomaly that loves to win games. They're not fun to watch, but they win games. They should have won the Big Ten West last year. They should not have lost to Nebraska. That's a horrible loss. And I expected them to do that again this year, and and, and barring some crazy circumstance, Cooper DeJean got hurt yesterday, which was shocking, disappointing for them, to say the least, particularly because he scores a lot of their touchdowns on punt returns. But I never really bought the Wisconsin hype. I thought it was always Iowa. But again, the pressure on Luke Fickle has clearly got to them. And I think the refreshing here thing here in Nebraska is you don't got the quarterback, right? Like, that's the problem. It's pretty clear what the problem is. <laughs> Wisconsin's like, well, Tanner Mordecai hasn't been terrible. He, I mean, been middle, a middle-of-the-pack guy. Braylon Allen's been hurt, but what happens when he goes to the NFL and he's balling out on Sundays? Is he going to be able to bring in more guys? Matt Rule, it's like, hey, we have no one on the offensive side of the ball, and we're five we're, we're five-win team. A lot of that has to do with Tony White. But again, that's a guy Matt Rule brought in. And Matt Rule convinced a lot of these defensive players to stay and say, hey, our scheme's going to work better than whatever whatever the crap you were doing last year. So again, it's this expectations versus reality thing. And this game is going to go a long way to prove which side is ultimately going to end up on the on the better track. We thought maybe that early in the year when Colorado dismantled, is like, oh, they're on a better track. They got it going. Eh, well, they still have four wins. Thought Wisconsin doesn't look that great this year. Next year, they could easily be a contender in the Big Ten. So I'm excited for this matchup. It's going to be electric. Going to be fun to watch it from the press box. Jump around is going to be incredible. I'm so excited to watch that. We will have all your content there. Making the trip out. Uh, anything else you want to add to this matchup anthony
1: it's going to be a classic big 10 west football matchup
0: it might be it's... ugly we <laughs> might drive 8 hours to watch less than 8 points <laughs> but we should we should do that let let's get a hours driving per points tracked uh cuz i it's 8 hours both ways so 16 hours 16 points for nebraska probably not likely let's move into nebraska basketball because they are 4 0, and it's been against teams that I didn't know existed before this year, but it is fine. The Bronx. The Bronx. I you, you, I saw that article, and I almost changed it to Broncos. And I was like, well, no, that's the Bronx. I don't know. Not sure what that means. Last night was the Seawolves of Stony Brook. <laughs> that was a fun one. What have you seen so far? I know you got to go to two games at PBA. What have you seen so far from this team? Because. It's a different look than previous years, but it's a a team that's winning. They're covering spreads, so they're technically exceeding expectations as of now. Not playing incredible basketball, but good enough to win games, given how injured they were in the offseason, how slow they're coming back. What's been your biggest takeaway from this team so far?
1: Yeah, I think it's really just been their depth, obviously, with a lot of new guys coming in, a lot of guys returning, K. Sayan, Juwan and Gary both made their returns this week, but in the first couple games, it's mostly new lineups, with like C.J. Wilcher and Jamarcus Lawrence really being the only two guys from the year before, and Sam Hoyberg, I guess, but um, yeah, they've just been a really good defensive team, obviously, again, against lesser competition, but looking at the box scores of these games, they're winning by like 25, 20-plus 20 points, and you would think, oh, it must have been great offense. But their offense has really been struggling. Um, they've really kind of really been depending, relying on the three-pointer. Probably a little too much <laughs> so far. But eventually it does, those shots do eventually start to fall in those games. And they do go on a little run here, a little 10 nothing run. So, yeah, I just think overall a lot to be worked on, a lot that they'd have to perfect when they play better teams down the road. But, again, a lot better start than – what Nebraska fans are usually mm-hmm. expecting these last couple years, and I could see this team being having potential to maybe even make a tournament. I can see them being on the bubble. Yeah. So
0: again, it's the wins, right? Like mm-hmm. last year, the reason they didn't make the tournament was two reasons. Obviously, health was an issue at points. They lost a lot of games early because they weren't fully healthy. They played a pretty tough non-conference slate where they lost a lot of games that. At the end of the season, you'd say, ah, they probably should have won that one. And it kind of took a while to get the team rolling and, and get that feel. Um, Tominaga coming in out of nowhere in the middle of February and just dominating the rest of the stretch. But this year, they have the advantage of a very, 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 very easy non-con, even against Oregon State this weekend up in Sioux Falls, which students, I guess, get to go for free if you're part of an RSO, which is – I think that's pretty cool. It's a great venue to play in. Um, that should be a win. They're heavily favored there, and then you got Creighton, and those are the only two games that really are noteworthy. And then you move on to the Big Ten slate, and anything can happen. We've already seen some upsets from upper Big Ten teams like Michigan State. That's probably not good for Nebraska. You don't know. You don't. You don't want anyone saying that the Big Ten's weak this year if Nebraska's in a little bit of a run. But there there's this sense here that, and I even noticed it last night, a lot of journalists there for a Stony Brook game. That's the most, most media presence I've ever seen in the non-conference slate in my two years. There's a lot more hype around this team. The guys are feeling it, and it is a deep deep roster. Almost too deep sometimes, I think. It's hard to get a rhythm going when you're not on the floor. Last night, Bryce Williams had one point in the first half. He only played nine minutes in the first half. And I'm thinking, like, this guy's one of the leaders on the team. One point, not special. And then he comes out in the second half. Puts up 16. You're like, well, where was that? Just couldn't find a rhythm in the first half. It happens. DeMarcus Lawrence only scored eight. He was plus 31 on the floor.
1: Yeah, he's just been that was the same thing uh one of the other games I think it was against Ryder. he didn't score a point and he's still on the highest plus minus on the team. So really just shows the impact he's having. One as the primary ball handler after not having that much experience running the point last year mm-hmm. and two on the defensive end. I know Hoyberg Fred Hoyberg's really praised his defense all off season and he's doing it at these the post game press conferences now too. So he's really made a step up, even if it's not really showing up on the stat sheet. Yeah.
0: Gary made his return last night, Juwan Gary. I was not expecting that, to be honest. He w- he was definitely a key part of this team last year, but they played their best ball without him. And that is kind of the thing I was like, yeah, they, he, he's a great player, big leader on this team, veteran presence. But without him, they went on a, on a run. Comes in and immediately shows that, He is ready to compete. I mean, he was honestly their saving grace last night, especially in the second half. Hitting some big shots. Him and Bryce Williams in the second half carried them away at the end of the game, scoring twenty of their twenty last twenty eight points. It was a close one at the halftime. Not pretty. Shots were not falling. Started two and sixteen from three. Like you said, when the threes aren't falling, they are not falling. This team does rely on the three ball very heavily. Thankfully, though, offensive rebounds were kind of saving them. Because there were a lot of times they had just chuck something up, didn't go in. Alec would get a board, Mass would get a board, send it back out, you miss again. Another board. Like that's the kind of ball they're going to need to play in the Big Ten, because if they go cold on a night like that, with an offensively Talented team that's not named the River Wolves. That's going to be a struggle. But again, 4-0 is 4-0. You can't say enough about the direction of this program. It's winning basketball in Lincoln. It's been a long, long, long time since we've seen that. Tomonaga last night, he showed up. I know in the game it, you went to his debut. What, did it seem like he was just a little bit hampered from the injury, a little limited, cautious out there? He he didn't, look, he didn't look like himself.
1: Yeah, it was just first game back, obviously, from the injury. And you can tell he was just really – he was really – I mean, you could say he was really chucking up shots, but as proven in the past, we we're kind of okay with – Hoiberg he and company is okay with him doing that. that. <laughs> but, yeah, it just seemed a little rushed, seemed a little impatient. Like, he's missed the two games. He's trying to just go back out there and just be himself as he was last year. Obviously, did come back good in the second half when – Nebraska needed it. He did hit two uh, big three-pointers. That really sparked a run where they ended up holding uh, the Bronx scoreless for nearly the last 10 minutes of the game. They didn't score until there was about a minute and a half left. Uh, Gave Nebraska a chance to pull away. But, yeah, definitely last night was him kind of calming down a little and getting back to his usual self. He's such a
0: threat because – you have to guard him outside. And I'm sure Big Ten defenses are going to do just fine figuring him out. But against a team like last night, he's such a threat on the outside that you have to you have to pay attention to him. And those cuts to the rim, he made a couple of those plays where he just gets inside, lays it up and in. He had a, a little tip pass on the inbound, and he was getting steals. He was traversing the court. Again, bringing the energy. Had some flexes and some... You know, stare downs and his typical pat the back of the pat the padding of the uh, the rim. He is the life of this team. The nice thing I'm seeing so far, though, he doesn't have to be their only their only guy. There were times last year where it was literally just him that would putting up points. Lawrence had his. Sam Hoiberg would bring some energy as well. But this offense is much more balanced. It hasn't. We haven't seen the production yet. But when it comes, it's going to be special, and and getting Gary back was a big impetus for that. I'm excited to see what this team can do. Rink Mast is—I completely underrated him in the offseason. I think he's a big part of what this team does. There's just so many guys, it's hard to know who's going to stand out on this roster this year, and maybe there isn't one. I still haven't figured out what on earth—like, how does he he know what to— to rotate on the bench, like, yeah, like they, there's so many rotations that they get into.
1: Like Eli Rice, true right. freshman, had 16 points against Florida A&M. <laughs> in the next two games, he's played three minutes and four minutes, and it's just there. It's a good problem it's to have. It's a good problem to have. It's just there's going to be some. There's going to be an odd man out. Oh yeah, when it, especially when guys <laughs> like Blaze Keita who will, could provide good um, minutes off the bench. Yeah, Ramil Lloyd, who. It's obviously a very uh, talented, talked-about recruit that has yet to make his Husker debut, but seems close into doing it. So yeah, it's gonna depth, it, just whole lot of depth on the team,
0: which is huge because you never injuries could again be a problem. Like we mm-hmm. saw this last year, injuries are a problem. It, hopefully, the injury bug has gotten out of the way so far. It's been a rough offseason to say the least. They've they, they've struggled to get together, and this is really their first time playing together as a full lineup. And Williams mentioned that he's like, yeah, we we haven't played together, like we literally have not got on the court together fully as a team, and they're still finding a way to win. But again, the the roster is so deep, you don't have you don't have to give 12 minutes to Wilhelm Breidenbach anymore. <laughs> you don't have to have Oleg on the court, right? Like C.J. Welch,er you know he's a, he's a key part of this team, but he's not having to having to be a main contributor anymore, and so. I'm excited about the future of this program. I think Hoiberg has it in the right spot for now. And you get out of non-con, even with maybe with a loss to Creighton, who knows, though, it's a, it's a home game. With just a loss to Creighton, you get into Big Ten, and you know, you just need the wins. And that was the problem last year. They had, some, they had, they had a nice streak at the end, but they just didn't have the quad one wins. They didn't have the record. Big Ten tournament flamed out in. I don't see that same thing happening this year. Um, So I'm excited for the future of the team. Anything else you want to add Nebraska basketball-wise before we get out of here? I think we're good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening. It's going to be a huge week. Huge week for Nebraska sports. Friday night, soccer, NCAA tournament. Volleyball against Michigan. We'll see if Connor Stallions is a 10s for that one. Saturday during the day a big matchup, first power 5 matchup for Nebraska basketball in Sioux Falls. Saturday night, Wisconsin and those four sports, I mean, you get out of yeah, the weekend 4-0. Trevor Alberts is "Yeah, you you paid me right. I mean, you I, I'm due. I'm due." So, we're we're absolutely excited. Stay tuned for all of our coverage this weekend. It will be a fun one. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week to recap everything that's going on in the world of Husker sports and preview Iowa week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you then.